Will the Falcons dominate in the trenches and can Desmond Ritter connect on his deep ball versus an underrated Bengals defense later this week? You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So welcome back to this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman, who's covered the Falcons for many years, formerly at falcfans.com, RIP. You may also know me as Sirius Black and Mr. Drew. My friends call me Negative Nancy, but you can call me Mr. Drew, but you can become one of my friends. By becoming an everydayer and making this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day, all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today's episode, we are being joined by Adnan Ikich of the Falcoholic, and we'll talk about what he expects to see in this upcoming Cincinnati Bengals matchup, as well as his thoughts on the Miami Dolphins games and the standouts there. And we'll get into that conversation right now with Adnan Nikic of the Falcoholic. Welcome back, everyone. We are back with another illustrious guest. He is none other than Adnan Ikic, who covers the Atlanta Falcons for the Falcoholic. And we're going to get Adnan's thoughts on last weekend's Dolphins game in a moment. But I also want to turn our attention to the upcoming matchup uh, later this week and We'll finally get the chance to see the Falcons starters against the Cincinnati Bengals in their preseason home opener in Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, this Friday. And, um, you know, I don't know if we'll see the Bengals starters, but either way, we'll figure it out. But Adnan, welcome to the show. And my first question is, what do you expect to see and what do you want to see from the Falcons starters on Friday night? Well, for one, I'm glad that we will be getting some starters playing on Friday night. I wasn't thrilled that they didn't play against the Dolphins, but, you know, that's that's another topic entirely that, that's passed. Um, I I would like to see them sort of dominate the lines the, the way that we heard in reports from that joint practice against Miami, the way they sort of did against Miami, even with the second and third uh, stringers. I've seen a lot of good stuff from, you know, from, from the defensive line in general in training camp during the practices uh, this year. And I feel I, I would like to see them go out there and just sort of dominate and just sort of give us that hope moving forward that, yeah, th- this year is going to be a bit different than what we've gotten accustomed to in Atlanta regarding uh, the finesse that we've seen from the offensive and defensive lines to the point where we can confidently say, yeah, like these lines are legit. Uh, And I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, their defense, uh, their defense was pretty stout against, uh, against opposing aerial attacks last year. I think they were first in the NFL regarding quarterback rating allowed in the regular season, allowing a cube quarterback rating of less than 81. So I would like to see, you know, I would like to see some positive action from from Atlanta's passing attack. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I've been very vocal on Twitter about 
how we haven't seen enough of the the deep passing game from Desmond Ritter throughout camp. Uh, you know, it's, it's drawn some criticism from people saying, oh, you're nitpicking, but I, I don't think I am. <laughs> um, so I, I, I do feel like my, my nerves for the season will be a, a bit more calm if we can see him connect on on some of those deep shots because you know that that Arthur Smith will dial up the deep shots. It can't just be the short intermediate passing game, uh, you know, dink and dunk throughout every game. So I, I would like to see, you know, how Desmond Ritter responds against a defense that was, you know, pretty stout against the passing game last year and against a defense that that you know is pretty underrated in my opinion even though Joe Burrow won't be playing and I know that that's the big story the Cincinnati Bengals boast a pretty good defense and uh, I want to see Ritter go out there and really have himself a day yeah Um, I'll be curious to see if the Bengals play their starters because I know last summer they didn't play them at all in the preseason and then in the previous summer they barely played them so that's going to be something interesting sorry can't talk interesting to see Uh, you know it's, it's very different seeing our starters go against their backups, I guess. But at the same time, going back to the point you made, like if our starters are playing their backups, like you want to see that domination uh, at that point. And I think with Desmond Ritter in the deep ball, while I am not as concerned about it as you are from the practice, I do think you are not nitpicking because it is something that I think is going to be critical to this team's success in the regular season. And I think, you know, as they say, practice makes perfect. And if you see it, during the summer, you feel a lot better that you're going to see it during the fall. So I think it is a fair criticism from you on that. And so I am not going to call you out on that, you know, based off of what people say to you on Twitter here on this podcast. Oh, yeah. It's been a civil war on Twitter. So, I mean, <laughs> you're plugged into Falcons Twitter, Aaron. You yeah. know how it is. Yes. Yes. So I, I'll be curious to see sort of what this matchup looks like. But I, I agree with you. I think those are kind of the things that you want to see. You want to see domination in the trenches. And you want to see Desmond Ritter put a good foot forward and however long he plays and, and play well, right? You know, just let's just quiet the Civil War for a week, right? Like just a couple of days, maybe you, you would think if Desmond Ritter plays well. Is that fair? I mean, no, absolutely. Uh, I think I, I think we'll get a couple of weeks of reprieve. Um, but, you know, you know that there's going to be some people that will not be satisfied no matter what. That's fair. That is fair. It, it, it's it's the rebel forces. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see how satisfied you were uh, from the Dolphins game and pick your brain on some of the standout players uh, in that matchup. And we'll get into that here with Adon Inkage of the Falcoholic as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iher, and they're going to bring you some of the best Fantasy picks each and every week all season long, and whether you're prepping for the draft or scouring the waiver wire, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And if you're looking for a relatively safe bet at the quarterback position, but are looking for a starter late in your draft, then you may be able to ride with Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, who win healthy and getting a lot of volume is always coming through as a great fit in fantasy lineups. Prescott's going to be more efficient with an offensive reboot under Mike McCarthy and adding a weapon like Brandon Cooks. And with Zeke Elliott in New England, Dallas won't be as nearly run heavy as they've been in the past, restoring Prescott's solid numbers through the air. Now that Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football has helped us get one step closer to winning our fantasy championships, 
eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And the same is true with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that you can ride, you know, your ride stays running smoothly. Whether you're looking for air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternator shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what parts you need for your vehicle the very first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up, because now you know you'll always be set up for success. From the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. So continuing here with Adnan Inkic of the Falcoholic, and let's look back to the Miami Dolphins game from this past Friday. And Adnan, I'm, I'm going to limit you to just three players that you want to give game balls to or shout outs to. You can interpret that however you want, right? Whether it's the players that you thought had the best game or just players that you just want to give some extra shine to, I will give you the floor. Man, three players isn't... It's not the easiest because th- there were there were some really good standouts out there. I mean, this was a really a sort of dominating performance in the second half. It was very close in the first half, but you know the team sort of just ran away with it in the second half to the point where you know I heard that those Dolphins commentators were bringing up the Super Bowl and you know crying about that. But that's that's another story. Uh, the first game ball I I want to give to is a uh, rookie safety Demarco Hillams. Uh, He's, uh, as you know, Falcons took him in what was it, the sixth round this year, seventh. sixth or seventh round. I I know it was it was with their last pick. Forgot if if it was this year or last year where they didn't have the seventh round or sort of all just sort starts to mix together when you get to hour five of the draft on day three. <laughs> but Demarco Hillams, he his best day of practice I would say was on that last Saturday, that day nine of training camp before they departed for Miami. Uh, he came away with an interception. Arthur Smith talked about him he, uh, after that practice, and, he, and the word that he used was pop. He said that DeMarco Hillams's tape really pops out at you and that he, you know, what they've seen on, on the field has also been popping out for the coaching staff. He led the team in tackles uh, against Miami. He had the interception on on that first Miami drive that looked like it was about to end uh, in in a touchdown. And then, you know, Mike White just threw this really inexplicable pass into triple coverage in the end zone. Helms comes away with it. Other than that, he was just everywhere uh, in the run game. He didn't really get that, you know, that, that bit of shine for those tackles because of course they, they were tackles that were after five, six, seven yard gains. But as a, as a safety, he did his job in stopping those runs where they were. Uh, I, I really like what I saw from DeMarco Hillams. Uh, Godwin Iguabuike uh, is, is the next guy I, I want to give a shout to. He averaged 5.4 yards per carry, 70 rushing yards, scored scored the lone offensive touchdown for Atlanta. And one thing that I was Im- impressed by him wasn't those, those long chunk runs that were opened up by the offensive line on that second drive. I was impressed by those three to four yard runs where he was sort of, 
touched uh, at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. And you just saw him moving forward. You just saw him as someone that just kept falling forward. And that's something I noticed a little bit in training camp as well. I think he, he and Carlos Washington are really fighting it out for that running back four position. Uh, both, both were really good in training camp, Both both had really strong practices uh, when the pads came on before the pads came on. And, you know, I, I think I think with this performance, Iguabuike sort of, you know, sort of nudged ahead a little bit because he he was really running hard. He looked like he was shot out of a cannon anytime he he took a handoff from Logan Woodside. And the third guy, even though his stats weren't really popping like that, if, if you look at the box score, he did have a half a sack. Uh, Albert Huggins, uh, the the Clemson, the former Clemson defensive tackle. He's another dude that had a really strong training camp, and you know he was a disruptor in this game. You, like I said, you won't look at, you won't see it from the the raw statistics, but he was he was making he was making the lives of those interior offensive linemen hell at, at some points, and he was really getting some pressure on Miami's quarterbacks. I think PFF graded him out as the highest rated defender for the Atlanta Falcons in this game. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. They had. He gave him an 84.7 and a 90 pass rush grade. Albert Huggins is one of those guys I tweeted out, out the other day. Terry Fontenot has just sort of had a knack for finding these cheap, productive, deep interior defensive linemen uh, and, and just having them stick on the roster. It was Taekwon Graham, who was taking the fifth round a couple of years ago. Last year, it was Timmy Horn, who was an undrafted free agent. This year, I, I think Albert Huggins makes that roster I think he makes that 53 man as as that guy who who just sticks who you weren't really expecting to stick coming into training camp this year. We will wrap up today's episode here with uh, Adnan and talk uh, about some of the areas that aren't shining as much, maybe some positions that he still has a little bit of concerns with. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the recent roster moves like the release of Michael Walker and bring in Frank Ginda as well as with Frank Darby heading to IR and the Falcons signing another cornerback and bless Austin. So wrapping up here with Adnan Ikic of the Falcoholic. And before we get into my final questions for Adnan, I do want to give a special shout out to the everydayers that continue to make Locked on Falcons their first listen each and every day. And I don't know what we'll be talking about on tomorrow's episode, but continue to make it your first listen. I'll come up with something in the next 24 hours, but Adnan, um, I spent all of Monday basically going through a bunch of games from over the weekend, watching the All-22, because I'm looking at a bunch of swing tackles because I'm still very concerned about the Falcons' potential lack of depth there. Um, are there some areas of the roster, some positions, some battles that you're sort of key keyed in on and focused on that you still feel are kind of unsettled coming out of this Dolphins game? I mean, you you sort of took my answer with that one. <laughs> I, I'm completely I'm completely unsettled by the depth of this offensive line, just in general. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think uh, I think Matt Hennessy, and I do think Hennessy will be the the backup guard. He'll be the swing guard on this team. I think that spot is at this point Matthew Bergeron's to lose, just given the fact that Hennessy has missed all but one day of training camp and preseason. He's still not back yet, but. Yeah, the, the swing tackle position is really sort of troubling right now. Uh, I, I think Jalen Mayfield right now is, is in the lead for that swing tackle position. Um, and I, I think I think they wanted it. Or I, I don't want to say they wanted it, but 
I think they really wanted to give Josh Miles, and they're giving Josh Miles a really legitimate chance uh, at that swing tackle position. You saw him uh, in training camp. He was lining up as the backup left tackle uh, throughout all of camp. He lined up at left tackle in the first preseason game. And normally that backup left tackle is sort of that, you know, that guy who I would say is probably in the lead for that swing tackle position. And today they switched it. Today, or, or starting in yesterday's practice, they started putting Jalen Mayfield in that left tackle role. Mayfield had a really good game against Miami. He he had a he had a good game against the Dolphins. He's had a solid training camp, despite the fact that uh, he went viral on one of Kevin's videos where Zach Harrison beat him, or excuse me, that was maybe Daniel Flick's video where Zach Harrison bull rushed him. And you know, people look at that and they're like, "Oh, here we go again with Jalen Mayfield." But Mayfield Mayfield's been solid so far. I think he will make this roster. Miles had a pretty, you know, it wasn't the strongest day. I remember he got beat really bad on one of those sacks by the Dolphins in the second quarter. I think it was back-to-back plays where Woodside was just, you know, sort of being chased down. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he got beaten very stoutly, uh, Josh Miles did. So I think right now that, that backup, uh, that swing tackle role is maybe Jalen Mayfield's to lose. And I don't think that that is, you know, as much as I don't want to hate on Jalen Mayfield, I, I feel like that's not the safest the yeah. safest thing because, you know, you're talking about one of McGarry or Jake Matthews being a rolled ankle or a misstep away from Jalen, Jalen Mayfield being your you're starting tackle for very extended snaps. And I don't think anyone, you know, among Falcons fans are, are really comfortable with that. So definitely that backup, that, that swing tackle role, I wouldn't be surprised if the team brought in a veteran. I think they have over $11 million in cap space with Michael Walker's departure. Um, and e- even that swing guard outside of Hennessy, none of the guards have really, have really stuck out to me. Uh, in a positive way and even that's because Hennessy is your backup guard slash backup center so that's that's another one of those where if any of those interior linemen go down for any period your depth is paper thin at that point because I trust Hennessy to 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 plug in as as a pretty solid starter at at either center or guard but then beyond him i I mean, I, I didn't really, I wasn't thrilled with what I saw from Javon Gwynn. I'm not a big, you know, go dogs, but I'm not a big, you know, believer in Justin Schaefer. Um, so definitely uh, those those backup offensive line roles. I, I like I like this team starting five on the offensive line, but God help us if if any of those guys go down for, for any period of time. Yeah, I, I thought Hinton had a, a couple of nice blocks, uh, especially on that touchdown run, but Igwebuke, uh, but outside of that, it didn't really pop. You know, I thought Ryan Newsel had a, a, a decent game, but you know, I, as you say, like no offense to, to Newsflash, but you know, I don't want him starting extended games at this point in time in the event of multiple injuries on that interior. So I, I agree with you, and and certainly, you know, and he's with the first team now. Like he's with the first team in practice because you know Drew Dahlman, you know, suffered that soft tissue injury. Um, Hennessy has been out. It, it, that's just life in the NFL. Just like that, out of nowhere, you could you could have one of these guys have to plug in for multiple games. And you know, if you have a guy that's a 
massive weak link along the offensive line. I mean, we've we've seen that play out in the past. Uh, it it can it can derail your entire offense. Yeah, and you know we we've seen when the Falcons had issues on the head interior in the past with Matt Ryan. Fortunately, it wasn't as big an issue last year as it had been in previous years. We haven't really seen the Falcons struggle at the tackle position for several years because of the durability of Jake Matthews and, and Caleb McGarry. And even when Caleb McGarry was out a couple of years ago, we had Matt Gano. And so like that depth hasn't been tested and it's been a while. So, well, uh, someone who didn't have too many bright moments and, and now his time in Atlanta is over is Michael Walker. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that and, you know, potentially Frank Ginda being brought in. How do you see this linebacker room shaking out now? Uh, I wasn't surprised that Michael Walker was was sort of let go. I mean, I was surprised that it happened this early uh, in mid-August. I figured he would have at least made it to the final cut date. But, I mean, we, Kevin and I were talking about it on the Falcoholic Live before training camp began. And, you know, we were having our defensive preview show uh, for training camp. And Michael Walker was one of those guys where, I mean, I was looking at it and I'm like, yeah, if I wasn't so sure that Michael Walker had a roster spot locked. I mean, for one, this isn't the regime that drafted him. Uh, and for two, he was a $2.9 million cap hit this year. He was the most expensive linebacker on the team outside of Caden Ellis and Lorenzo Carter. And he was not really standing out in training camp, which is never a good thing for someone that is, you know, among your highest paid position players. The fact that guys who were making much less than him were playing just as well. And then he had a rather disastrous game against the Miami Dolphins. And I think after that Dolphins game, that was sort of the final nail in the coffin where they were like, yeah, I, you know, the, this, this really isn't going to work out, but you know, it's just like in any corporation, you know, not in the NFL in real life where if someone isn't really, you know, working up to their potential and then, you know, the company has an opportunity to bring someone in who makes less than half as much for the same amount of production or better, then, you know, of course they're going to probably do that. So just seeing that cap hit, I wasn't really sold on Michael Walker being, you know, being a roster lock and, uh, I mean, Frank Ginda, he was the defensive player of the year uh, in, in the USFL. So he, he comes with he comes with some good credentials. Uh, I definitely I definitely think Nate Landman is probably going to take over that primary backup linebacker role, interior linebacker role behind Troy Anderson and Cade Nellis. Landman has had Landman's had has had some good days in camp. Uh, Tay Davis, uh, I think, will be that linebacker four at this point. Uh, he he offers he offers some some nice ability in, in special teams. He had a pretty good game against the Miami Dolphins, and I think that this is, you know, uh, this is a, a gesture of confidence in Tay Davis that that they're already moving on from Michael Walker. That you know they they are you know sold on what Tay Davis is going to do. And then after that, you have, you know, you have a little bit of, of a battle brewing. You have Andre Smith, Frank Ginda, and then Mike Jones Jr. And, you know, I think it's going to be one of those three guys who 
you know, we'll see, we'll see over the, the next two preseason games. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't mind Ginda. I think, I think it may be, I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by Mike Jones is all I'm going to say about, about that fifth linebacker spot. Obviously the, the team felt like as you broke it down, you were not getting enough bang for your buck at that point and decided to move on. He's now with the Chicago bears got picked up by them. So we'll see if he sticks there. Uh, but Frank Darby uh, is headed to injured reserve. He was waived injured today. Presumably that he clears waivers, suffered an injury early in that Dolphins game, I think covering one of the punts early in that game and, and suffered a leg or hamstring injury. I can't remember the exact details of it. Hammy. Okay. Um, and so they also filled that roster spot. They brought in Bless Austin, um, who was a cornerback that they worked out back in June, I think during one of their mini camps or something like that. Uh, a player that has familiarity with Frank Bush and Steve Jackson the Falcons, uh, two defensive assistants from their days with the New York Jets. Any thoughts on, you know, Frank Darby being gone for the year and or Bless Austin coming in? My heart goes out to Frank Darby. Like, legitimately, I think. So, I don't think anybody has been as invested in this wide receiver five competition as I have the last few weeks. Like it's gotten to the point where you know I'm I'm annoying my group chat about like wide receiver five like updates and you know people are like like who cares it's like a nothing position and you know it's like no it matters it matters for special teams it matters for for that third preseason game like you know I'm all in on this wide receiver five position um, I think Frank Darby was genuinely in the lead in that position I mean I, I don't think I think he he came out on the depth chart as, as the wide receiver five the first depth chart. Uh, I think this was Frank Darby's best training camp that he's had in in all three of his years. And I just remember because I covered all but one day of camp. Uh, I was down at Flowery Branch watching every practice but one. And I just remember how much Frank Darby was popping when the pads came on. Like after the pads came on, it felt like Frank Darby just sort of arrived. And he, he was these are Arthur Smith's words and because I asked him about it after that last Saturday practice, he was stacking days. Uh, it just felt like in this competition, every single day, Frank Darby was, you know, he was making these catches. He was getting the targets. He was, uh, he was one of Taylor Heineke's favorite targets. He was, you know, sometimes working with Desmond Ritter and the first teamers. And I genuinely think that this was, you know, this was the year for Frank Darby. Uh, as much as I've seen some people clown him for being, you know, just a social media guy, he he was actually putting in work out there. And for him to, you know, now suffer this injury when everything was going very well for him, it just, it just sucks. And I don't think that this is one of those injuries that would be a a multi-month injury, but it's one of those injuries where because he's in this very heated competition, he can't really afford to lose, you know, another week or another two weeks of like practice and of, of training camp. So I think they took this as an opportunity to sort of stash him away on IR to make sure that nobody really, you know, poaches him away, uh, possibly off the practice squad or, or otherwise. And he'll, he'll be back in training camp next year, but man, this, you know, this really sucks. Uh, you know, you hate seeing injuries happen, but you especially hate seeing injuries happen in, in this specific scenario when, when a guy really 
you know, was really putting his hands, you know, on, on the neck of that wide receiver five position uh, because nobody, nobody in this wide receiver five position is, is a favorite anymore. I, I considered uh, Darby a mild favorite, but I, I can't predict how it's going to play out at all because every single day in training camp, it felt like, you know, someone else w- was, was showing out. And, you know, the reason why I singled Darby out is because he, he was really killing it day in and day out uh, during those padded practices. But it started out as Zay Malone before the pads came out. Then it, uh, J.J. or Sega Whiteside had a couple of good days. Slade Bolden had his best day on that last Saturday. Um, you know, Penny Hart is, you know, doing his thing in special teams. And he had, he had a couple nice days. Josh Ali was, was one of the stars in joint practices from uh, the reports. And I feel like Josh Ali would be the favorite if he didn't, you know, drop that pass against the Dolphins, which may have gone for a touchdown last game. But, you know, Zay Malone had a really good game. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see how the rest of this wide receiver five competition is going to play out. But, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm very sorry to see Frank Darby suffer this injury at the most inopportune time possible pretty much. Yeah, I, I don't think I could say it any better. Um, I now really appreciate you coming on, sharing your insight into not only last week's matchup, but potentially this upcoming week's matchup. Let the people know where they can find your stuff and, and what you're working on. Uh, yeah, so social media of choice. I'm primarily on Twitter at Say Which Way. That's you know where I'm getting all my sports stuff out. A lot of Falcons talk now. It's going to be a lot of Hawks talk during the NBA season. A lot of Atlanta sports talk in general. Um, but you can find me otherwise at thefalcoholic.com. Uh, you can find my work there and you can find me every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on the Falcoholic Live on YouTube. I do a show with Kevin Knight. Um, we're going to do a post game show after every game. There's going to be a post game show after this uh, preseason game against the Bengals, even though I won't really be there for that one. But you can, you can find me every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on YouTube on the Falcoholic Live. 